If you haven't met me before, my name is Andy Lipless. I'm one of the elders here at Bridge. Um, if you have met me before, my name is still Andy Lipless, and I'm still one of the elders here at Bridge. <laughs> um, and so if, if you've been following along with us here at Bridge, uh, you'll know that we're going through the Bible Engagement Project, uh, which is something that, that we feel is just so important for us to do as a congregation. It's a curriculum that we are going through uh, in the sanctuary as adults, uh, in the community groups the pastor talked about earlier in the service, and even in the kids' wing uh, down the hall. So as a congregation, we believe it's just so important to just take this time this year and really dig into what God has to say to us and what we have, uh, what we have to do to not just read the Bible and not just know it, in our heads, but really engage with it and understand how this applies to our lives and, and where we go with it from here. And so I think, you know, you're, you're kind of already seeing the, the fruits of that in, in the service. I think the, the worship was just so powerful, seeing the, the testimonies of the people that were being baptized and, and doing the baptism, um, and, and then even uh, sharing a word uh, during the, the service. It's just um, so good to see God moving in there. And I think Aiden, I don't know if you're in here yet, if you're still getting dried off. When, when you said, you know, I chose to say yes, I think that, that just kind of summed up the whole baptism service for me this morning. It was just people that chose to say yes to God when he spoke and said, this is what it's, what it's time to do right now. And so um, before we get into this week's Bible story through Bible engagement, uh, this is the fourth week in January. So by now, we should all be familiar with the Bible verse that we've been studying as adults and the kids have been studying in the, in the kids' classroom. Uh, so if we can put that slide up, I'd like to just all say this together uh, before I get into the message. Uh, so it says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Isaiah 41.10. So, you know, this is kind of the underpinning of all of the lessons that we've been going through. Uh, in the month of January, we're in uh, volume four of Bible Engagement Project, uh, and this is session four of that. And, and throughout uh, volume four, we have learned about uh, Samuel, who was the boy who lived in the tabernacle with the high priest Eli, and God audibly spoke to him. And then we learned about how God called Gideon, uh, the, the weakest member of the weakest tribe of Israel, to lead his nation uh, as God delivered them from the Midianites. Last week, we heard about the story of Ruth and Boaz uh, and how God can take these broken situations that just seem helpless to the people that are in the middle of it, and he can restore that, and he can take uh, take a situation that, that seems like it, it can't be fixed, and he can make it into something beautiful as we see Ruth um, this widow in, in, the, in the Old Testament uh, become part of the lineage of Jesus all the way into the New Testament. Uh, and today what we're going to be talking about uh, is the fact that we are set apart for the king. And so if you want to start turning in your Bibles, we're going to be uh, eventually in 1 Samuel chapter 8. So if you want to start to uh, turn there, I'll just kind of set the stage for what's going on here. Uh, so if you remember Samuel uh, from the very first Sunday in January, he was the little boy, grew up in the, uh, in the tabernacle, and God audibly spoke to him and gave him a message that he had to relay to Eli, the high priest, um, letting Eli know that he and his sons were going to be punished um, for the disobedience that they had shown. Uh, and now at this point in the story, Samuel is all grown up. Uh, he's He's an old man, actually, at this point. He had been a judge of Israel, got to the point where he is essentially retired from that role and has 
had um, his sons now taking over and trying to lead the nation of Israel. Uh, And his sons are falling into some of the same traps and some of the same patterns of disobedience that we had seen in Eli's uh, sons earlier on in the story. Uh, And the um, Judges chapter 21, uh, verse 25, just kind of sums up the whole situation in this nice, succinct, single sentence. He said, In those days Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Can you imagine what that would be like to live in a culture where there was no concrete definition of right or wrong and everyone just kind of did whatever they thought felt right to them? Could you imagine? Wouldn't that be so... Wait. Okay. So so this seems a lot like the culture that we live in today, right? Everyone, no one's really willing to say, this is my king. This is who I'm going to let define right and wrong. And everyone just kind of does what's right in their own eyes. And so if this is what's happening in the Bible story in 1 Samuel, and this is still what's happening to us today, I think that's a good indicator that we need to pay attention, right? We need to hear what happened, what was God saying back then, because that's probably what he's still trying to say to us today. Uh, so that's where, where this story picks up, and we're going to start off in 1 Samuel chapter 8, picking up in uh, verse 4. Says, so all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, You are old. Wow. And your sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. Moving on to verse 6. But when they said, Give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel, so he prayed to the Lord. And the Lord told him, Listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. Ouch. Basically, what he's saying is God wants to be their king. He wants to be the center of their life. When he led them out of Egypt and and was speaking to them before he gave them the Ten Commandments, he said, I will be your God and you will be my people. And that's the relationship that he wants with us But he doesn't force it. He doesn't require us to do that and make us do it. He says, if this is what the people want, we're going to give them that freedom to choose. And they're not rejecting you as judge, Samuel. They're rejecting me. So we jump to verses 10 uh, through 17. And um, Samuel begins to lay out all the things that are going to happen to the nation of Israel if they choose a king. And I kind of condensed it to a single slide for the sake of time. But he says, this is what the king who's going to reign over you will claim as his rights. And he begins to list all of these things of, you know, your sons and daughters will become his slaves. He's going to take the best of your fields and your vineyards, a tenth of your grain, your servants, your cattle. He's going to take all of these things from you, and the power is going to go to his head, and he's going to claim all of this as his own. Because this is what happens when we put anyone other than God where God is supposed to be, right? It's just not going to go well. And so Samuel gives the people this warning, and cross your fingers, we hope that that they're going to listen to him, right? So we jump to verse 19. But the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then, and here's the key, we will be like all the other nations with a king to lead us and go before us 
and fight our battles. So we called this, uh, this lesson this morning, Set Apart for the King. And this whole volume four, the theme of it has been set apart, where God wants to set us apart from the rest of the world to be an example of this is what it looks like to follow me. But that's not what the Israelites wanted. What they wanted to look like was everyone else around them. Because that's what they could see, that's what they could understand, and it's so much more comfortable, right, if we can just do what we understand and what we've seen done before, even when that's not God's best for us, and that's not what God has laid out and has set us apart to do. And I also thought it was interesting that they said they wanted the king to go before us, and he'll fight our battles. Basically what they're saying is we still want to be able to pick what battles we fight. We just want to make someone else do it for us. And so, you know, how many times in our lives do we do that where we say, all right, this is what I want to do next. And and it might be in our eyes, a good thing. You know, we're trying to do the right thing. We're trying to do what we believe God is telling us to do, but it's, it's us, right? I've got this plan. I'm ready to go. And we come to him and we say, God, Here's what I want to do. I just need you to make it happen for me, okay? So I'm going to do my thing. You do your thing, and let's go. Let's go. Right? What are you doing? And so, you know, we, we think we want to pick the battle, and we just want to take God and put him in front of us and say, go fight this for me. And I have a confession to make. This week as I was planning this, less, uh, this sermon, and I was praying about it this past weekend, I was convicted that I had done the exact same thing putting this message together. And so I was convicted of this in my prayer time. And I was thinking, you know, how how do I kind of explain what what went through my head? And I I think, you know, if if this had been an audible conversation between me and God, uh, like what Samuel had heard God speak, we learned about a few weeks ago, I think it would have sounded like this. It would have been like, God, here, I, I made this sermon for you. And I want you to use this. You can use this. I made it. And you can use this to speak to your people. And he was like, oh, this is the first time I'm seeing this. Can I I take a look at what you did? And if we could put that next slide up, this was going to be my theme. It was going to be, you can't fix spiritual problems with human solutions. And I had a nice little, cute little graphic of a hammer and a screw. And and he's like, oh, yeah, he's like, that's that's good. Did you you do that all by yourself? I was like, yes, I did. I did. He's like, I, I know that that's actually the problem. And he said, see, I don't want to just be the solution to your problems. I want to be the king of your life. And I was like, ooh, that, that's good. Do you, do you mind if I use that? He's <laughs> like, well, I, I was kind of hoping you would. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so, so this morning, that, that's kind of what I want to share with you. And, and like, like I said, at the beginning when I first came up, I feel like a lot of this has already been demonstrated for us this morning, right? We saw four people in that tank say, I'm done with picking my battles and just trying to convince God to fight them for me. I'm done with trying to do this on my own. I choose to make God the king of my life. And in just a few minutes, we're going to be honoring the furs, and we're going to kind of see what that looks like as people walk that out. I mean, the, the, 
you know, baptism, that, that's towards the beginning of your journey, right? You accept Jesus, you, you get baptized to proclaim it to everyone that this is the path that I'm walking down. Jesus is my king. And there's going to be times when you walk down that path, and it's going to be scary because you want to have it all figured out, right? You know, just like I had my sermon all written a week ahead of time, so I was going to be prepared. But we still need to be willing to let God say, hold on. Hold on, I, I still have more work to do before we take this next step. And, and you may not know what it's going to look like, but you just need to trust me. And I think that's what we're going to see with, uh, with Rob and Christy as they walk things out, both from their perspective of, of stepping into a new job and moving to a new community. They don't know exactly what it's going to look like, right? But they just have to trust that God is going to be with them and that he's got plans for them that may be different from the plans they, they may have penciled in paper, and from our perspective at Bridge, you know, we're still trying to figure out, well, what exactly does this look like as we now have to backfill a second um, pastoral position? And what, how exactly is this going to go, God? And um, Trish, if you could, if you could come up and, and uh, start to play for us. I, I'd like to encourage you this morning that I can tell you exactly what's going to happen next. And actually, earlier this morning... You already told me exactly what's going to happen next. And it's our faith verse. If you can put that slide back up. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. So, so what's going to happen next as we explore this new stage? Here's what's going to happen next. God is going to strengthen us. God is going to help us. God is going to hold us up with his victorious right hand. Everything else that goes on or doesn't go on, those are just details. But this morning, what I want you to be encouraged with, what I want you to take comfort in, is no matter what it looks like, no matter what that path looks like that we walk down, when we choose to let God set us apart, and when we say, you are the king of my life, we have this promise to rest on, this verse that we have been memorizing and working on for the past four weeks. We don't have to be afraid for we know God is with us. We don't have to be discouraged because we know the one that is with us is God and he's going to strengthen us and help us and hold us up and he's going to have the victory with his mighty hand. And we saw on the, the previous slide the, the two different crowns, right? Uh, you know, a royal crown and, and the crown of thorns. And I think that's a, a good picture of kind of what we get in our minds of what a king is supposed to look like and the image that that God wants to give us of what it actually looks like, what our king actually looks like. And I think, you know, if you read the New Testament when Jesus came to earth and the Jewish people, they were so excited because they believed that Jesus was going to be a human king of a natural kingdom and he was going to overthrow the Romans. So they pictured him wearing that crown you see on the right, overthrowing the Romans. But Jesus doesn't put that crown on. He puts the crown of thorns on. And he says, don't worry about the Romans. I'm not conquering them. I'm conquering sin, and I'm conquering death. And so this morning, I I don't know where each of you are. I'm sure we're each in different points uh, in our spiritual journey. But what I encourage you is no matter where you are, uh, just take a couple of minutes to reflect on what God is calling 
you to do next? What is your next step of the journey? And um, we're not going to do an, an altar call at this time. I just want you to kind of take a couple of minutes at your seat. And if you could put those two reflection uh, questions up on the screen. There's two things I'd like you to think about this morning. First of all, who is the king of my life? If you have never made the decision to give your life to Jesus and to say, like we heard uh, those being baptized, say that I believe that Jesus is the son of God. I believe that he died and rose again. And I choose to follow him for the rest of my life. If you've never made that decision, this is your opportunity this morning. You know, we talk about waiting on God and and waiting for, for things to happen. This is one of those things that we don't have to wait for. We don't have to wait for God to call us to salvation and say, all right, now it's time to come to me. Because he called us thousands of years before we were born. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So if that's you this morning, maybe that's the step that you need to take next. Is just say, Jesus, I'm, I'm choosing to make you the king of my life. And if God is the king of your life this morning, what I would ask you is, how well are you representing his kingdom? The Israelites, they were God's chosen people, but their goal was not to look any different. They said they wanted a king so that they could be like all the other nations. And I would challenge you this morning and myself as well. Do we get caught up in that same trap of just trying to look like everyone else? You know, we we don't live in a monarchy. We don't choose a a physical king, but we do get involved in politics. Do we put all of our hope in if we can just get the right candidate into office, he'll make everyone else do it the right way? Or are we choosing to still be involved, still set an example, but know that ultimately God is the king and that he's in control? Do we we get just as cynical and, and jaded as the people around us? Or do we live a life that, when people look at us, they say, there's something different about her. There's something different about him. And, and I want what they have. Are we living a life that, that sets us apart for his kingdom? I heard a good analogy this, uh, this past week as I was listening to a podcast. You know, we, we talk about the kingdom of God and it's kind of like we are ambassadors and our churches are embassies where, you know, geographically, Yes, we are located in the United States of America, but are we living as citizens of heaven, citizens of God's kingdom, and representing that kingdom as we walk through our daily interactions? So what I'm going to do is just take a a couple of minutes. Um, I'm going to stop talking, and and we're just going to have Trish play for a few minutes. Just take some time to reflect on this, uh, and you can continue to think about it throughout the week, Uh, but then I'll I'll, uh, close out this part of the time in prayer. pray that you would have your way and we ask humbly that if there's anything that we are doing uh, to try and force our own agendas or pick our own battles, that you would just give us the courage to toss that aside and, and just follow you wholeheartedly, Lord. pray that you would uh, continue to bless the rest of this time together uh, as we spur each other on and encourage each other uh, and as we bless the, the furs as they uh, move on to the next step in their journey, Lord. I pray that you would just have your way this service, that you would have your way in this time, uh, and that you would be king. We pray all these things in Jesus' name.